Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I believe that today, if you pay attention to the Word of God that I will preach, it will change your life so much. It will change your life. Let us pray together, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to hear the voice from the Holy Spirit, the voice from heaven, that you want to speak to your children, to your family in this building, in this church, Father. We come with a humble heart. We hungry. We want to know what you want to say. We want to be. Not only the hearers of the word, but we want to be the doers of the word. We need more of your input. We need more of your light and wisdom, Lord. Help us, Lord. Show us your will and your way, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today, I would like to talk to you the subject called boldly praying for the impossible. How you pray. Will really determine what kind of life you shall live on earth. If you pray a very small, ordinary, and get by prayer, you will not live a supernatural life. You will most likely live a small, get by, and ordinary lifestyle. But when you have boldness and faith to ask God for the impossible, to pray. The mountain-sized prayer or heaven-sized prayer. You pray that God will open the doors for you that seem not to be open easily. You pray that God will lead you to the higher level of your ancestor. You pray that God will reveal His greatness in your situation and go further to the higher level. Then you will experience the greatness of God. This principle, the mountain-sized prayer, is in the Bible, in many places. In James chapter five, verse seventeen and eighteen, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was like all of us. He was a human being like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And as he prayed again, and the heaven gave him, and the earth produced its fruit. You can see that Elijah prayed a mountain-sized prayer. Pray for the impossible. The rain stopped coming down for three years and six months. Joshua chapter ten verses twelve to thirteen. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord. In the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and He said in the sight of Israel, "Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon." So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the people had revenged upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. Joshua, prayer for more sunlight to win the battle, and God answered his prayer. This is a big prayer, the prayer of the impossible. God stopped the sun from moving for the whole day. Many servants of God in the Bible prayed. Mountain-sized prayer. They don't just do little, little prayer. They pray for the impossible. When was the last time you asked God to do something that seemed impossible in the eyes of man? When was the last time you pray for the big thing to happen in your life? One of the reason why we don't see miracles and big things happen in our life is that. We 
never pray the mountain size prayer or heaven size prayer. We just pray for the small things. Thank God, it's good to pray for the food on the table. Thank God that we ask God to sanctify the food we eat. Pray for the wisdom and protection. Ordinary prayer, pray for provision. It's good to do all those things. But if you want to accomplish big things, you need to learn how to stretch your faith and be bold to ask God for big things in your life. You should not just pray for the small things. There are so many things in your life that you know that you cannot accomplish with your own strength. And you dare to ask him. Your dream will come true. The dream that you know that it's impossible to happen with the power of man. You don't have the funding. You don't have the connections. You don't have the formal training. And that dream is so big for you. And you say, God, I pray that this will come to pass. I believe in the miracle. And God wants to dare you to pray big prayer from now on. And come to him and ask him for the impossible. You must dare to ask God for the impossible. Your children may go off course. Your children may be goofy off. Don't go to church. And you should pray a big prayer for your children. Not just a little prayer. Ordinary prayers produce ordinary result. And God will meet us at the level of our faith. Don't blame God. It's about faith. Big faith, big prayers, big result. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 to verse 30. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said to them, Do you believe? Everyone say believe. Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened and Jesus sternly warned them saying, See that no one knows it. According to your faith. When you ask small, you will receive small. A mountain-sized prayer say. Lord, I ask you not only to turn my child around and come back to church and go to school, but you are going to use my child to do mighty things for you and touch the world for you. That is a big mountain-sized prayer. An ordinary prayer would say, Lord, help me to get by each month. Help me that I can pay my rent. That is an ordinary prayer. But the heaven-sized prayer say, God, I know you the almighty God. You hang the star on the sky. You own everything. Therefore, I pray that you give me the increase to the point that I can pay off my house in three years. And not only that, I can help other people to pay their rent as well. That is a big mountain-sized prayer. The ordinary prayer say that, God, oh, help me at least not to lose my crowd, but I can be at least equal to the level of my parents. That is ordinary size prayer. But the big size prayer say, God, you're going to set a new standard in my home. My home, my family, going to go to the next new level higher than my parents. And you're going to set a new standard. We're going to go higher. The anointing in my life will be better than my dad and my mom. That is a mountain size prayer. And thousand years from now, hundreds of years from now, people in that generation look back and they know that my family become a blessing to all of them in the future. That is a big kind of prayer. Amen? We should pray like that. You don't see miracles simply because you don't ask. Many Christians say, if God wants to give to me, he will give to me anyway. That is a wrong idea. The right idea is this. James chapter 4 verse 2. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. The problem 
that we don't see great things happen in our family, in our church, in our life because we are not asking God for big things. And if we don't ask God for big things, we are hindering ourselves to go to the fullness of our potential and the things that He prepared for us. If we pray small prayer, we live a small life. I'm not talking about making a wish list. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about asking God for what He has already promised in the Bible. I'm talking about prayer according to the Word of God, not a wish list. And God has hundreds of promises in the Bible. He has all kind of promises. He say, "If you obey me, you honor me, and live for me, I will make you the head, not the tail. You will not borrow, but you will lend money to other people. The nations will call you blessed." He say that with long life, I will satisfy you. You and your household shall be saved. You and your family shall be saved. That is the promise of God. And as believers, as a son and daughter of God, we have all kind of rights to be able to pray and ask God for the promises of God to be fulfilled in our life. We can claim it, we can speak it, and we can believe that the promises of God shall be fulfilled in our life. We have every right to pray according to the promise of God, as long as we walk in obedience with Him. Definitely, there are many promises in the Bible, but there are also rema. Rema means God specific calling, God specific dream, vision, and destiny for each one of you. I have my own too. God give me the dream, and God give me the vision for myself, and I can pray for that rema for that specific vision to be fulfilled in my life. The Creator of the universe put that vision into our spirit, put that dream in our spirit, and it's a, a part of our destiny. Psalm 37, verse 4 in Amplified Bible: Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. God drops something in your heart, the desires that come from heaven. God drops something in your heart. The secret petition in your heart that you haven't told a lot of people yet. Maybe you share with your wife, your kids. You share with a few people in the church, but it's in there. You feel burning inside you. You know that it definitely comes from God, because it is too big for you to be able to accomplish it or to handle it. God does it. Because he has a purpose for your life, because he has a destiny for each and every one of us. He doesn't create us just to fill up the space on earth. He has a specific will and purpose for all of us. The destiny that we have to reach, and we can accomplish that by faith, by coming to God by faith. Faith pleases God. Faith is the thing that allows God to move His mighty hand to. Do great things for us to perform the miracle and the impossible for us. You may say, "God, wow, this vision, this dream is too big for me. I don't have the talents. I don't have the finances. I don't have the connections. I don't have the confidence to do it." And God even allow obstacle to come against us, and we even feel worse that wow, so many obstacle. And I cannot overcome them to fulfill my destiny. And when we face that obstacle, we see the shortcomings in our life. We have two choices to do. Number one, say it's too bad. I don't have what it takes. Oh, it's not going to happen. And you talk yourself out of the dream that God gave to you. Or you can choose to rise up, dig your heel in, and say. God, you're such a big God. You can fulfill my destiny. You can help me. The dream that you give to me shall be fulfilled. You can make a way, even though I don't see the way. You can fill me with your grace. You can flood me with your favor, and the dream shall be fulfilled. You pray by faith, and God gonna move His mighty hand for you. This happened to a man in the Bible. His name is David. 
in First Chronicle chapter 17 verses 11 to 15, God spoke to David through the prophet Nathan about the specific rhema, specific word for him, the dream in his life, the vision. And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, and that I will set up your seed after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house, build God a temple, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him who was before you. And I will establish him in my house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision. So Nathan spoke to David. You see that God gave the vision to King David. That his son and all the grandchildren shall be on the throne. And eventually his name is Jesus. Shall be on the throne forever. This is a big, big vision. Why? Because David could have said, Oh God, I was a shepherd boy. I was out there in the field taking care of my father's sheep. I did not have any formal training. I did not have any formal education. I do not have any experiences to be a king or to pass this throne to my next generation. But David did not do that. David understood the principle of faith and praying the mountain-sized prayer. Even though it looked far out from the ordinary, even though it looked so impossible, but David did not dismiss this vision. Look at how he responded in First Chronicles chapter 17, verses 23 and 25. And now, O Lord, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning this, his house, let it be established forever. He said, I believe it. It will be established forever. And do as you have said. So let it be established, and your name may be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, is Israel's God. And let the house of your servant David be established before you. For you, O oh my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build him a house. Therefore your servant has found it in his heart, in his heart, the secret petition in his heart. To pray before you. Wow. Imagine the nerve David had to ask God for this big vision to be fulfilled. It's so far out, so big. David prayed, God, I believe in your promise. I believe in the vision that you gave to me. Even though I did not have any education to be a king, I did not have any training, I did not have any background to be the king, but you have promised it, it shall be done. I believe it shall be done. Wow. What God has promised you or the dream that has given to you and put in your heart may look impossible. But if you dare to pray a mountainside prayer and ask God like King David, Lord, I believe the vision you gave to me shall be fulfilled. I ask you that it shall come to pass. You boldly pray by faith and you shall see it come to fulfillment. That's what happened to me. I got saved in 1981. After that, God gave me the vision and burden and dream to come to America to be trained to be a neurosurgeon in the U.S. At that generation, all the young people went back to America from Vietnam because a lot of young people were drafted to be soldiers in Vietnam. So all the young people moved back to America and went to medical school. So all the medical school were filled with American students and doctors. So the residency training program in America were shut off from foreign doctors like me. 
So it looks so impossible for me to come. Actually, I sent about 20 application forms to many medical schools in America. They all were in the garbage can because I'm a foreigner. I could not speak English very well. I did not have any formal training in the U.S. It looks so impossible. But I keep praying, God, you're going to get me into a good medical school in America to be trained to be a neurosurgeon. I never gave up on my faith. I kept speaking and praying. I did not have any connection. I did not know anybody here. And not only that, my background, my English was very weak because I studied French when I was young in the Catholic school. But God could do big things. I came to the U.S. and I just showed up at the Harborview Hospital, knocked on the door of the professor and chairman, walked in, and say, I need a job. He looked at me, who you are? You need a job. Where is the letter of recommendation? I say, I have none. No letter of recommendation. How do I know you are the doctor? Oh, I can send you to you later. God performed a miracle. The professor say, why don't you go to talk to my another assistant professor? Within two weeks, I got a job without letter of recommendation. Nothing, no paper. I got the job. Supernaturally, because I dare to ask for big things. And now I'm a pastor of this church because God allowed me to come to the U.S. Amen? Amen. So you need to have that kind of bonus and faith to pray for the big thing. Definitely, when you pray for big things, you pray for the impossible. With bonus and faith, the enemy will not like it. If you pray for the simple thing, God, thank you for this food, for this meal, he will not bother you. But if you begin to pray for the big vision, the enemy gets stirred up. Satan doesn't like it. He will start to talk to you, start to make you feel like you are not good enough. He will try to discredit you. He will come to you and speak something like this. Oh, you came from a bad family. You have a bad background. You don't have the connection. You don't have any good things to accomplish your dream. Who do you think you are? He will try to make you feel doubt and give up your prayer. It's not going to happen. He will say to you. But you need to rise up, smile, and say, I know who I am. I am a child of the Almighty God. My Father in heaven is rich. My Father in heaven is powerful, and He store up good blessing for me in heaven. And I believe He will answer my prayer. This happened to a young girl, a seven years old girl named Jamie. She lived in a farm with her family. They had a cow that was about to give birth. Her father already told the family, he made up his mind that any calf that came out from this delivery going to be sold or given out to other people. He said that I do not want any more cow in this home. We have enough cows in this home. For some reason, Jamie felt inside her spirit that I want to keep a cow for myself to be my belonging. So she kept asking and pleading her father Father, could you please make us an exception for me? Can I keep one cow for myself? She kept bugging him for two weeks. And he kept saying, no, 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 no. We are not going to have any more cow. Eventually, after two weeks of pleading him, the father gave in. She wore him down. He said, okay, I yielded to your request, but I make a deal with you. If the calf is born black and also female, then you can have it. Jamie heard that. You know what she did? Every night, she said, Father, I ask you for the favor that a cow will be born black and female and she's going to belong to me. Most of us who are adult in this room will not pray anything like that. Wow, have a black cow because most of their cows are brown or spotted. But the father said it has to be whole black. No brown cow, 
no spotted cloud. Wow, her prayer request was far out, look impossible, radical, very radical prayer, but radical faith produced radical result. A couple weeks later, the mother cow gave birth to four calves. The second one was female and all black, and. The ad proved that this calf belonged to Jamie. Was that on the forehead of this calf, God stamped on the white hair, look J. You have the picture. Can you show the picture? The word J on the forehead of this calf. So Jamie Zimmerhansel called the animal. Dub J, my special calf. God stamped the letter on her forehead. This calf definitely belonged to Jamie. When you pray for the impossible, God will show up in a big way. How many people like to pray like Jamie? Wow! Pray a mountain-sized prayer. <laughs> he will give you the desire of your heart. Your dream will come true. You need to be like Jamie. Dare to pray. Big prayers. Okay. Don't limit God. Take the limit out of God. The reason you don't have a lot of great things happen because you have never asked. God, our God, is a good Father. Luke chapter twelve, verse thirty-two. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Our heavenly Father is a good Father. He would like to fulfill the desire of your heart, but you must have faith of a little child and be willing to boldly ask for the impossible. Think about this: How many people is? A dad in this room. Okay, I'm a dad. As a dad, I rather give good things to my own children first than to give to other people. As a father, I rather want to see my own children be blessed, be powerful, successful than other people. My first priority is my own children. In the same way, God the Father in heaven wants you to be blessed. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to give you the kingdom. The kingdom includes everything about the kingdom: righteousness, holiness, power, anointing, success, good health. Everything about the kingdom of God. He wants to give you the kingdom. He wants heaven to be established on earth here. Whatever happened in heaven will happen on earth, my dear brother and sister. How do you feel as a dad if your children come to you and say, "I dare not ask you"? You know, I feel intimidated by being around you. Uh, I don't think you care about me. How do you feel? I think you will feel sad. You will tell your children, "Come to me. Ask me what you want. If I can help, I will do it for you." You want your children to approach you without the feeling of intimidation. Our Father wants us to do the same thing: to come to Him and say, "God, this is what I need. God, I dare to ask you for big things." We need to step up to our position and our place of being God's children. We need to know our Father. We need to know our right to ask for the promise of God to be done. Be bold and ask Him. Quit acting like you are bothering God. Quit feeling intimidated. Pray a big prayer and ask God for the big miracle. If you want to experience the fullness of God, you need to stretch your faith and learn to ask for big things from God. Amen. I pray every day that God will take our ministry here to the next level. Yesterday I come to the prayer meeting. And I say, God, Elijah asked for double portion of anointing on Elijah. God, I'm hungry. I ask for triple anointing of my mentors, all the people who has taught me and affected my life. 
I ask for triple anointing. Before I die, I'm going to impact the world. We're going to see more people saved. We're going to see more disciples trained. And we're going to see more churches planted around the world. I ask for big things now. I don't ask for small things anymore. Amen. And I ask that our members in this church will supersede me and Pastor Da. You're going to do greater things than me and Pastor Da. We should pray like that. Pray for big things. My children will do better than me. Amen. You may think in your heart right now, Oh, pastor, are you kidding? Do you think that your secret dreams and your secret petitions will come to pass? The truth is, not all of my secret petitions will come to pass. But I make a decision that I will not let my lack of praying and boldly asking God to do big things for me, stop me, or hinder me from receiving the greatness of God in my life. I have the job to pray and ask. The rest is God. I have the job to extend my faith and petition God to give me big things. Amen? I don't want to go to heaven one day and meet Jesus and he's look at my face and say, Oh son, I have stored up a lot of good things for you on earth here. But I could not release to you because you never ask. You never pray. You try to stay in the safe zone, not in the faith zone. You stay in the safe zone, not the grace zone. You don't ask me. You pray only ordinary prayer each day. I want you to pray big prayers, mountain-sized prayer. But it's too late now. You already come to heaven. I don't want that to happen to me on that day. Amen. I believe that one of the reasons I have experienced a lot of favor from God in my practice, in my life, in my family, because I dare to pray mountain-sized prayer. Psalm chapter 31, verse 19. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching World. Oh, I like that. God bless you before the eyes of the non-believers. If you live a life that honors God, fear God, there are store up blessings and good things in the heaven that has your name on them. Everyone say, my name is on them. Those good things can be houses, spouse, Ministry, business, friend, children, wisdom, open doors, good breaks, anything, anointing, great thing that God has stored up for you in heaven. And he is waiting for you to ask. He cannot release them until you ask. Because the Bible says, if you don't ask, you don't get. You need to learn how to ask God. For the blessings and the good things that he has installed for you in heaven. Amen? How many people are going to ask God more from now on? <laughs> After you listen to this sermon. You ask that your goal shall be fulfilled. You ask that your care group will grow. Wow, look impossible that the care group at university will grow because you don't have any connection at the university. But you say, God, you're going to bring in people. You're going to grow this group. You're going to do something great that great things can happen in this group. Amen? Hallelujah. There was a woman who moved to New York City. She came from Puerto Rico. She moved to New York City. Barry spoke English. She spoke Spanish with her kids. They all live in a very rough neighborhood in the government housing. They were very poor. Their neighbors used drugs. Gangs and violence were around them everywhere. At the age of nine, one of her sons named Victor got included into the gang. And the mother knew, this lady from Puerto Rico knew that all of his close friends were involved in the gang. At 12 years old, this young boy, 12 years old, stabbed a young man. He was involved in robbing, stealing, killing, 
drugs, and every bad things in that city. He quickly headed into the downward spiral. Her heart was broken. She could not control him. He, she could not control Victor. She was a very small woman, very poor, have no influences. One thing that this mother knew what to do is to pray. So every day, seven days a week, twice on Sunday, she would go to the storefront church in the project and pray for her son, Victor. But she did not pray a small prayer like, "Oh God, save him from being stabbed, from being arrested, or get him out from the gang, get him out from the drug." She prayed a big prayer, a mountain-sized prayer. She said, "God, save my son, and you will anoint him to use him to be the minister of the gospel, and he's going to influence people around the world for you." She said that to the Lord every day. When he was a teenager, Victor, he usually came home around 3 a.m. in the morning, and he was stunned to see the mom with her hand open like this and hug him at 3 a.m., welcoming him home. Never say any bad things to him, and just say, "Victor, God's hand is upon your life. You have a destiny to fulfill. God's going to use you in a mighty way." She spoke the words of faith upon this teenager. The more she prayed, the worse he got. And even the teacher in the school say, "Mom, I think one day he's gonna be on the electric chair." She did not allow those negative words come into her ear or into her mind. The situation looked like it's impossible for her son to turn around. But God answered. One day, God spoke to a young man named David Wilkerson. He is a great pastor in New York right now. But at that time, David Wilkerson was a young man living in another city. God spoke to Pastor David Wilkerson, a young man at that time, to move to New York City and preach the gospel as a street evangelist in the roughest street in New York. So he moved there, preaching the gospel on the street in the rough area. And one day, Victor ran into David Wilkerson, and God touched his heart. He knelt down on the street and gave his life to Jesus. God set him free from the drugs, from the gangs, and from the violence. Today, Victor Torres is not only clean and sober. But he is also a pastor of a great church in Richmond, Virginia. The church has amazing outreaches to the gangster and to the addicts. He has gone all over the world and share his testimony how God saved him. This man now is a pastor of a great church. What would Victor be if his mother did not pray? He would be maybe on the electric chair by now, because the mother was willing to pray the mountain-sized prayer for her son, even though the situation looked impossible, even though people told her that you waste your time, don't ask God for that. But she never gave up. She stayed in faith. She continued to boldly ask God for the impossible. She doesn't change her mind. She dug her heels and say, "I'm gonna see the breakthrough for my son, and he's gonna be a preacher one day." Most people would pray ordinary prayer, and all of us have done that. Today, I want to ask you: Don't just pray for your son to get out of the trouble, but pray that one day your son and daughter shall serve the Lord and become mighty in the land. How many people in your life that you want to write off right now, because? <laughs> Because they have made bad decisions, like Victor. It looked like they will never strengthen up. It looked like they will never repent. I want to encourage you today to keep praying for those who want to write off. Keep asking God to bring them back and turn around 
to be the servant of the Lord. You know one fact: those people who live a very wicked life in a radical way, when they turn around to God, they will live godly kind of life in a very radical way as well. So pray for those people who live bad life in a radical way that God will turn them around to serve the Lord. The Bible contains a lot of promises about children, about family. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 say, "But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." You can say, "My children, all of them gonna serve the Lord." Psalm 25:12 to 13. Psalm 25:12 to 13. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity. So God promised that if you fear God, you honor God, you shall dwell in prosperity. And his descendants shall inherit the earth. No matter what your children are doing and not doing right now, it doesn't matter. You just pray the mountain-sized prayer. You say, God, my children will not be addicted, will not be defeated, will not be mediocre. But my children will be mighty, will be powerful, will be godly, and they shall inherit the land. They will be history makers. They will impact people in the next generation. Pray like that. Big prayer. Amen? Don't pray. Small prayer. Our God created the universe. Our God hanged the star in the sky. Don't pray, God, give me next year the race for $2. Don't pray a small prayer. Don't ask him just to keep your children out of trouble. But say, God, make my children the history makers. They may find the cure for a cancer. They may be a scientist. Or they may be the businessman who so prosperous and support the gospel and plant churches all over the world. Amen? Don't pray that you will get through each month to pay your bill. But you pray that your cow is going to have your first letter on forehead. You pray that God is going to split the race sea. Get water out of the rock. Amen. You pray like King David. Your promise shall be fulfilled. Today, God wants to speak to you. I dare you to ask me for big things. God speak to you today. I dare you. To ask for the impossible. To pray big size prayer. To pray mountain and heaven size prayer. I have so many good things stored up in heaven for you. You don't have because you don't ask. Don't look at the situation. Look at me. Some of you may think, oh, God has so much business to do. He is up there somewhere in the sky. He has to run the universe. He will not care about my little prayer. No, 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 no. I want to let you know right now, you are his biggest deal. He cares for you. He knows the numbers of hair on your head. He cares for all the detail of your life. Bring your request to him. Amen? Bring your request to him. He's not too busy to help you. He loves to help you. He loves to fulfill the desire of your heart. He loves to help you and flood you with his favor. Don't think that you are inconveniencing God when you pray. No, no. You never inconvenience God. You need to bring your prayer request to him. He wants to do good to you. I want to tell you the last story. A small little church in a city was situated in the foothill of that city. Behind the church was a big mountain. And one of the members gave them the land next door. They built another sanctuary bigger. And one month before they moved into the new sanctuary, the governmental official came by and looked at the whole thing and said, I'm sorry, you cannot move in to this sanctuary until you double the size of your parking lot. But they did not have any land to put more parking spaces. It's all filled with building and the behind was a mountain. The pastor called a prayer meeting 
that Sunday evening. This is one month before they move in. Twenty-four people show up in that meeting. They pray, God, you never let us down in the past. Miracle shall happen. We ask you for the miracle. This look impossible, but it shall happen that we can move into that building next morning, Monday, 10 a.m. Somebody knocked on the door of the pastor house. I'm a foreman of a construction company. We are building the shopping mall in another county, and we need the dirt to fill the land. We see that you have the mountain behind you. Can you sell the soil? We're going to get the soil from the foot of the mountain, and we not only pay you for the soil, we're going to make the pavement behind your sanctuary as well. They came in to get the dirt, and they make a pavement and make the parking space. Within one month, they move into the new sanctuary. He dared to pray. Mountain-sized prayer. And God fulfilled that destiny. Amen? I would like to encourage all of you to be like David. Dare to pray to God. Big-sized prayer. I would like to encourage all of you to believe that as you fear God and honor God, God has stored up so many good things in heaven for you, ready to be released. But you need to ask. Everyone point to heaven. I have storehouse in heaven. Good things in heaven. And I will ask. You need to do like Jamie. Ask for the impossible. Dare to ask for the impossible. You need to be like these people who are willing to pray the mountain-sized prayer. And I believe that you will all fulfill your destiny. You will come to the full potential of your life. You will experience the goodness and the favor of God. Your life will be victorious. You will have victory over every obstacle in your life. You will lead your family to the new level and new standard. You will see everything get better and better because you learn how to boldly pray for the impossible. Amen? How many people are going to put this into practice? How many people say from now on, I dare to pray mountain-sized prayer? Amen? Hallelujah. And we're going to hear a lot of testimony from now on after this preaching. Amen? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for reminding your church how to pray and have more faith to reach out to you with bonus and believe that you are the good Father who has stored up good things for us in heaven. Lord, we don't want to miss any good things on earth here because we don't pray. Father, remind us by the Holy Spirit every day to be bold, to ask for miracles. Lord, we, will, we don't want to be the one who hinder you from showing your grace, your mercy, your favor, and your greatness in this earth because we lack the lifestyle of prayer. Father, we thank you so much in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone in this room who don't know Jesus, or maybe you have walked away from Jesus for a while, you haven't gone to church, read the Bible, I ask you to come back home and walk with Jesus again. If you're those people, why don't you pray with me today and ask Jesus to and come into your life and you're going to experience the super abundant life. He said, I come to give you life and give it more abundantly. Pray with me together right now. Bow your head and pray if you want to walk with Jesus. Father in heaven, I give my life to you. Jesus, you are the son of the living God, my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life right now. I repent of my sin. From now on, I will serve you. I will read your Bible, Lord. I will go to church, walk in the fear of God, and honor you. I believe, Lord, 
I shall dwell in prosperity, and my children shall inherit the land. Your promises shall be fulfilled in my life. Give me more faith, Lord. Give me more bonus to reach out to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.